Hey, babe. Yeah, babe. Remember that time that we watched Sleepaway Camp? You mean the movie that I thought was Wet Hot American Summer, but ended up being <laughs> real different? It's a little different. Yeah, you could say uh, <laughs> one or two major differences. Other than that, you know, it's really easy to miss that. True. Very true. All right, let's 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 talk about it. Fuck yeah. There's a lot to talk about. All right, so we're going to talk about plot. Plot. We're going to talk about uh, what this movie means. Analysis. We're going to talk about some um, technical things. Technique. We're going to talk about... Also, some glaring issues. Transphobia. Yeah. All right. Here we go. It's a weird thing to hype, man. Sorry. I just I yeah, never, never that, yelled transphobia hash, in a hype man voice before. <laughs> hashtag things you don't hype. All right. So you guys know that in slasher films, the plot is driven by the deaths. So there's a little bit of setup. And then, you know, once the... true, yeah. Once the deaths start happening, it, mm-hmm. you know, we, we kind of roll on through them. So that's basically how I'm going to do the plot here. You can assume that because it's called Sleepaway Camp, there are shenanigans, camp shenanigans happening in between here. So many shenanigans. Um, so just imagine it. So we open Sleepaway Camp. We've got two kids with their dad, we assume. They're playing. They're on the lake. Um... The kids push the dad into the water, you know, jokes, haha. What a goofin'. Yeah. Then we've got, we cut to some wakeboarding teens driving yeah. driving a boat, no supervision, so we know something's about to go wrong. Oh, Whenever yeah. there are teens driving literally anything, there's going to be an accident. All right. So, teen boy lets his girlfriend, I'm assuming, I don't know. Summer lady. Summer, his, yeah, his summer lady, I'll say that. His summer lady, drive the boat. She ain't looking where she's going. Nope. She, of course, hits um, the kids and the, and, the, and the dad. We know that the dad dies then. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the kids. One of the kids. Yeah. All right, then we cut to eight years later. We've got a weird Stepford auntie. So Stepford, so my favorite. Amazing. So into it. Love it. Um, she's shouting at the kids about lunch, and they're on their way to camp. Um, and we kind of find out that sis, Angela, is new to camp, and her cousin, Ricky, is not. They've been there, you know, before. So sis is a little little apprehensive, we'll <laughs> say. Um, Ricky, uh, you know, sees his crush from Judy, right? Yeah. Judy from like the past year. She kind of snubs him. He's kind of upset about it. So we're setting She's got new titties. She's got new titties. Like we're we're setting up this whole, you know, just drama with, you know, the kids you go to camp with. You see him during the summer, then you go to school, you look different. You think you're going to, sh- you know, show back up and have the same romance. You don't. These movies never um, made any sense to me cuz I didn't go to camp. I didn't go to camp either. I might be fronting right now, like, what I just said, like, pretending like I knew. I never went. And I'm kind of glad after seeing this movie. <laughs> yeah, I would rather not be <laughs> I just, slashered. I'd just rather not. Um, we go right into the deaths. We're in the cafeteria, and um, Angela says she, you know, she's not eating. So they're like, let's let's go and try and find you something in the kitchen that we can eat or you can eat mm-hmm. um which is really nice Super like nice. i don't think i've ever been i i did go to like a camp with like my girl scout troop or whatever when i was younger yeah i was i was so fucking cute selling cookies and shit um 
The food was so nasty. Literally everyone in the camp got sick. You Like food poisoning. So and, like 10 and think about fourth it. grade girls just vomiting everywhere. In outhouses. Just vomiting in outhouses. Gross. It's nasty. Gross. So it's anyway. a hole in the ground where you poop. Yeah. So anyway, it was really nice of them to like go and get her some food. Mm-hmm. We think. Then our, our first... Our first death quickly happens. So Angela goes to the kitchen where creepy chef Artie is. Yeah, disgusting. And not into it. And he very quickly tries to like rape her. Yeah, it He's, goes from zero to hundred. He calls her like a cute little cupcake or something, Gross. and then literally starts unbuckling his belt. Nope. Like it goes from zero to a hundred in two seconds. Yeah. So Angela's freaked out. Luckily, Ricky comes in. Um and stops the whole encounter. Yeah, and, and it's it's a whole like oh I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing it. I didn't do anything. Yeah, of course it is. It always is. So he's boiling like a shit ton of corn and the, so much he, a full field of corn. Oh my god, yeah. I guess he's <laughs> got to feed all those children. But there's only like 25 people at the camp. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe he's. <laughs> it's just a funny. Of, I don't know. I shouldn't no, think it that hard. It's just fucking hilarious how much corn that would be. It's huge. Um, so that like falls on him and scalds him. Um, yeah, just boils him all over. Dies, and the camp decides that they just want to like sweep it under the rug. They're yeah. like, they're like, oh yeah, this happened, but we got to keep this place open. Right, uh, and I kind of fucking love big old cigar smoking Mel rolling in with mm-hmm. his like, is he Italian? Is he Jewish? He's definitely from Brooklyn, and just like. You're getting a promotion, you're getting a promotion, you're getting a promotion. Everybody gets promotions, everybody gets paid. No one says a fucking word. Keep your mouth fucking shut. Hey. Um, that, that rule just works usually. Yeah. After we sweep everything under the rug, um, <laughs> we we assume, you know, there's there's all these, like, shenanigans, there's flirting, there's the normal, like, camp stuff. People are picking on Angela because um, Angela doesn't speak. Angela is very quiet, um, which, you know, we just assume she's, you know, she's shy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the boys decide to go skinny dipping, and the girls are just watching the boys go skinny dipping. Yeah. Um, and Most realistic scene is that a bunch of boy- dudes would be like, yeah, we're going skinny dipping. We're going to get the girls going to go skinny dipping, and we're going to skinny dip, and then they're going to want to skinny dip, and then it just happens that the guys are all just, like, hanging out with their dicks out, and the women are laughing at them. Yeah. Exactly. I have had that happen to me. Not surprised. Um, okay, so uh, Kenny is um, Kenny doesn't skinny dip. Um, he is joking with this other girl at Camp Leslie about mm-hmm. like water snakes. He's like kind of flirting with her, trying to get her to go out on the boat or whatever. Right. But he's using that like flirtatious like tactic of like scaring her or whatever, mm-hmm. um, saying there are like all these water snakes and shit. So he tips them over into the lake, of course, after they go out into the canoe. Like, we all saw that coming. Yeah. Um, Leslie's pissed. Um, Kenny goes under the canoe to tip it back over and calls for Leslie. We get kind of this ominous moment. Um, someone kind of pops up. You see the back of their head. Yeah. Um, and Kenny says something like, oh, the boys will be, like, happy to see you or something like that, something yeah. weird, um, and then, and then he uh, uh, he is drowned under under his head's pushed under. That's right. Yeah, um, and then the next morning, I guess one of the counselors or somebody is like, 
coming to go like clean up is like what the fuck is all this shit like there's kind of like trash and everything yeah they've just like wrecked the place they've wrecked the place and i guess uh tips over the canoe Mm -hmm. or whatever and kenny is there with water snakes crawling crawling out out of his mouth Oof, it's so slithery it's great yeah Okay, and then, of course, more shenanigans, blah, blah, blah. We're still making fun of Angela because mm-hmm. Angela is not speaking. Um, Although she has spoken by this point. She has, um, to we, Paul, yeah. right? Because Paul's super when nice Paul to her in the in. rec hall. Because they were all dicks to, the, to her in a rec hall. Paul comes in, he's super nice. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, not talking, not talking. And then it's... Finally talks to Paul. Good night. And the cutest little smile. She's adorable. This I love this actor so much. Yeah. So Paul wants to take Angela to... The movie, the movie that they're all required to go to anyway. Right. Um, so you're on a date with me that we literally have to go to. Yeah. The older girls seem to be a little jealous because they're kind of like, uh, Angela can get a guy without even like talking. Look. What? Magnetism is magnetism. I can walk into a room and it's just like, what up? I'm here, you know? But hey. That's what happened with you and me. But anyway. Um, <laughs> Different podcast. Oh, and Paul, like surprise kisses Angela and I was kind of like gross and then asks for another one I was like oh my god children it's so awkward Uh, it is very realistic yeah I guess there are several realistic parts of this movie that I'm now thinking about yeah where I just it it does really make me feel like oh god did I do that I'm trying trying, I'm scanning my own memory just going like did I do that as a teenager this is so awkward did I do that because that feels real I know I know just the whole painfully awkward situation, Ugh. you know. If there had been like morning wood on all of the kids, then I would have been like, oh, <laughs> that would have no, been like next is, step realness. This is extra level. What's the really disgusting, awful word I love to use here? Oh no, verisimilitude. Oh god, the seeming like realness of being. Okay, so after after you know we have another connection with Paul and Angela. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of girls making fun of. Angela. Mm-hmm. So the mean girls in this are Meg and Judy. God, so um, mean. Meg. Mean girl. Yeah. Meg gets angry that Angela won't answer her and like yells and violently shakes her for like no reason. So I'll say I fucking love Meg. I would be best friends with her. She is an amazing bully. You would have I could learn to. so much from her. You would have to to have like social survival. Oh, she would literally kill me with embarrassment. Don't say But. She is worse than the camp counselor I knew who, like, shat in all the canoes. That's just ridiculous. That didn't happen. It happened. That's a lot of shit. Um, I mean, camp, food's, camp food's bad. but um, <laughs> That's not good at all. That's a terrible comparison. Okay, so Judy is, like, asking Angela if she's queer because mm-hmm. she won't take showers with them. She's like, you don't have your period, do you? And yeah, like calling her like flat-chested, like all this stuff. She goes it's in a full-on carry moment. on her. Yeah, it is It is a big old carry moment. Um, the older boys throw water balloons at Angela, including... Mm-hmm. Billy. Billy. Yeah. Billy all, is our next victim. the worst place ever for a water fight. Where are they again? They're all up on top of the roofs. Oh yeah! Kids are dumb. That's all. That's my only explanation. I love getting on roofs as kids. I love getting on roofs now. But like, it's a really dumb place for a water balloon fight. Like you can't duck. You can't run. You're stuck to like a twenty square foot area, and it's just like, okay, I'm gonna be up here and like get hit. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Um. So 
yeah, they, still people are picking on Angela. Um, one of uh, Billy. So Billy goes to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. We see there's like a screen door behind in the stall behind um, the toilet, I guess. Uh, we see a knife cut through it. Yeah. And a angry beehive is stuck through there um and i guess he's stung to death it looks nasty yeah because she like uh the she the killer slides a uh broom handle through the door so we can't, oh. it opens out. Well, i was also thinking bro can you not slide under i mean i know you're in like a state it's of panic a, yeah, i thought the same thing but it's got to be just like a panic thing i mean yeah. more importantly the only thing i could think of watching this scene was you know that gift that I love uh, of Oprah and she's like everybody gets bees there's a YouTube video like, yeah and it's just like yeah. a fl- a tr- what's it Billy gets bees so it looks nasty mm-hmm. it, he's he, he's not he looks looking good wrecked wrecked um, so after this happens Angela is outside Paul comes up and like kind of surprises her again with the surprises Paul calm down there's a killer on the loose you gotta chill with that shit <laughs> Give someone a fucking heart attack. He try. He takes her to the lake to make out, mm-hmm. and she has a flashback of um, father with his man, and we see um, her and her brother. Right when they're little. When they're little, giggling at them. Right, um, and it's super confusing because I, I I remember watching this when I was younger and not knowing if this was some sort of sordid affair. Or if they were just together and it was progressive. Yeah, see, that's, I mean, that's we definitely something that later, we're going to get yeah. to later. But yeah, I, I think it's a little ambiguous. But um, then we see her and her brother sitting up like opposite of each other. And uh, he's pointing his finger at her or something. There's there's yeah. some, some moment, some moment here. Um, so... We flash back to where we are now at camp. Um, Angela gets up and runs away from Paul. Um, we're playing Capture the Flag now, a normal camp activity. Um, Angela follows Ricky into the woods to find the flag. Paul is making out with Mean Girl, um, Judy. Yeah. Uh, Ricky and Angela see. Paul apologizes to Angela. Mean Girl taunts Angela again. Um, Paul's all like, I don't know why you got upset. Because she said no, man. Like, yeah. I hate children. It's stupid. Um, so then we're we're kind of back at the normal like campground. I guess capture the flag is over, and this might be a little bit later. They're doing like water sports or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Meg or Angela is not going in the water, of course. Right. Meg picks Angela up and throws her in the water, and Angela is like mortified. And um, again, would be best friends with her worst camp counselor ever. Horrifying, and at this point, um. So Ricky comforts Angela after getting Ricky helps Angela out of the water. Yeah. Um, and then something that I find so strange is that Meg is going on a date with Mel. Well, after Mel has convinced himself that a 13-year-old scrawny yeah. ass boy with a fucking Burt Reynolds giant 10-gallon hat is secretly and uh, expertly killing everyone. Yes, Ricky is accused. Yeah, yeah, hardcore. By Mel. Um, Mel's just insane. Mel is insane. So Meg is showering, getting ready for her hot date with, you know, mm-hmm. the camp 
owner, manager, whatever. Um, crusty old Mel. Crusty old Mel. I don't even... That was so strange to me. Um, she's super stoked about it, though. But Womp Womp, she's murdered in the shower, through the back yeah. part of the shower, is stabbed, stabbed like, in the back. And, like, run down her spine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's in the hand of the killer... Turns off the water, but, like, washes off the knife first. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's so great. Murder scenes, honestly, are so cool in this movie. Like, I, I'm Some a big fan. Some of my favorite deaths in all of horror are in this movie. I'm a big fan. So now, and I kind of have a question about this one, this next death. Um, so. Uh, oh, you mean hiking through the wood with Eddie and Chekhov's hatchet? Yes. So we kind of, so we kind of go. We're, we're getting to the climax of this movie, and we all know it. it like comes it's really it's quick, it's going yeah. it's going rapidly the deaths now. Are ramping up. They're happening yeah. more and more frequently. There's nothing in between. There's no more interstitials. It's just like bang, 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 bang. So there's Eddie here in the woods with some children, um, who Eddie goes to the car. Mm-hmm. Or something, because because the kids are like, we want to leave. This sucks. Yeah, they're like, I'm, I'm like, motherfucker, put another blanket on. Right, it's summer. You're fine. Um, I don't cold. care where you are. You're fine. I've camped in a lot of places and been cold in a lot of places, but you know what? Got through it. So Eddie goes back to the car and he's like, fine, let's we'll go home. He comes back to find that these children have been killed by an axe. Yep. Which with check off's hatchet. Yes. Which, by its proper Christian name. Uh, yes, yes, thank you. I, I appreciate that correction. <laughs> um, I I had a question about this one because um, Did maybe they I'll do anything. Yeah. No. But I I kind of assumed that it was a representation of what the killer could have had because it's a family essentially. It's 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 two siblings. Is it? I mean, maybe not. I don't I know no if it's idea. clear. That was yeah. just that was just the only murder in this that I felt like because like there's a reason for the rest yeah, of that. Yeah, no, the rest are all earned, deserved, etc. That's, that's just, just the, the one only that's like super fucking weird and like doesn't also time wise doesn't make sense. It's really random. It's yeah, it's a shot that shouldn't have been in there. Yeah, <laughs> it's what it comes down to. Like that's okay. there's a lot of things I'll praise about this movie, but that is not one of them. That yeah. shot, that scene makes no fucking sense. Yeah, because there's it literally makes, no reason for it. And like they're like makes they're the far enough that they've ruthless. taken a car. Yeah. Like, how the fuck did she get there and back? It's, 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 shouldn't be, it shouldn't be in the cut. Okay, I'm glad you kind of... It's filler. Got it. Okay, so now, on to our next death. Judy is like, "Uh, I'm totally gonna blow off the movie or whatever. I think they're at the movie at this point. She's making Um, out with, like, the big bull boy. Oh, that's right. And, and he ends up leaving. They, yeah, they go back to her, like, cot or whatever. Yeah, and and they're making out. out. He gets freaked out. He leaves. Um, she's like curl. She's curling her hair in the dark. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sad. No one ever said Judy was smart. Yeah. They she's... just said she had some serious side pony action and a shirt with her own name on it. True. <laughs> Goals. Maybe. I don't know. Right. Um. So killer slaps her, knocks her out cold, puts yeah. her to bed, and smothers her with a pillow and burns her with the iron. Not just burns her. Uh, this is one of the ones that I really like get it, like every time I watch it, once you know what happens, it just makes you cringe. She's raped with the curling iron. Wait, what? Yeah. Uh, I need to watch actually, that part again. You have to, re- you have to read the plot synopsis. <gasps> um, basically. Yeah. If you go and, uh, 
read it, uh, it's been confirmed that, yeah, she is, that curling iron is right up inside her. Holy it's shit. horrifying. Yeah. So every time I watch it now, I'm just like, my toes just like curl up in the opposite of a good way. Uh, I'm going to watch that like right now. Yeah. It's, it's, sorry. I'm, I'm clenched very hard right so now. So you, wait, about it. wait. So you only know that from reading the plot synopsis? Yeah, it's not, it's not super clear. Um, what from watching fuck? it you can kind of tell when you go back and rewatch it like you when you watch it, you're like oh, oh i'm that gonna is what's happening oh, of course we're gonna watch this movie 20 more times but oh my god yeah it's it's wow okay it's once you once That's you know horrifying. it it becomes super clear it was just to get the rating basically this is like in that really weird time where uh we're moving from pg to r to pg-13 and like having all these different ratings sort of been around that time so like the mpaa is having all this stuff as we have to like sort of scoot a lot of things past Okay. Um, but it's, yeah, it's it's supposed to be implied that she's raped with a curling iron. Damn, this killer is... Fucking ruthless. Wow. Okay. All right. Wow. Yep. Wow. Okay. I hope I can continue after that. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, thank you for telling me and everyone else that. Um, but, just, mm. okay, once again... Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, my sentiments, like, exactly. Oh, it's like the worst version of sounding. Oof. Um... So once again, there is a really cool shot. I, I love this shot of like the shadow mm-hmm. of her hands. Yeah. And everything. I, I just I think that those shots are those shots are my favorite. We'll in talk this about film. it, but there's a lot of really good shadow work in this movie. Yeah. Okay, so we'll move on to our next death. Mm-hmm. Mel. Poor Mel. He finds Ricky in the woods. Why did I say poor Mel? He's a monster. He's um, fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> um I don't feel bad for him at all. Okay, so Mel finds Ricky in the woods and is like, aha, I knew it was you and all this stuff and tries Again, to... Yeah, he's so he's so distraught over this underage girl that he was going to try and shtup. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he finds... So he finds Meg and this yeah. kind of sends him on oh, like a rage. Oh, Meg, Meg, And then... <laughs> It's ridiculous. I know. Yeah. What a great performance to go out on. This is the last one. He died like during post production. Oh wow. Okay. And this was his last film. And I think that that is a great last credit. Meg. Meg, not my Meg. It's amazing. It's so good. It's so ham. It's my favorite fucking thing. So that kind of propels him to go out and like finds Ricky and is like. Crusty old Mel becomes crusty mad Mel. Oh yeah. So then. And at this point, honestly, as as uh, because of the hands that we've seen, it could right. have been Ricky. Yeah, like, I mean, it if, could have been anybody. Like, the hands we've seen are not, are not clear. Uh, yeah, who's, who's they are? We know that's a young hand. Yeah. I guess is what I'm I saying. I know they're not Quentin Tarantino's hands. Yeah, that's for sure. Every other time um, I see hands not connected to somebody in a shot, I assume Quentin Tarantino, but it were, they were not his. I do know that about this film. I can rule out that pair of hands. Same, I agree with you. Um, so Mel gets shot in the neck. Um, with an with arrow, an arrow yeah. with an well, arrow. Well, after he beats the shit out of a thirteen-year-old. Oh yeah, I mean, it, I'm not saying it's not deserved. I'm just saying, like, yeah. so at that moment, you you can rule out. Oh, Rick. And he gets it right in the throat too. Oh, it's good. It's good yeah. aim. You, so at this moment, as a viewer, you can like rule out Ricky. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's got one um, of the best last lines too. Mm-hmm. It was you, and it's so good. Oh it's yeah. Just like he, it's, I know we were joking about his ham acting a second ago, but he goes from ham acting to like a really good, solid, subtle moment. Yeah. It's like a little Shakespearean read of this moment. Just like a, oh, it was you. Yeah. And then just an arrow through the throat. 
perfect. Oh yeah, I I couldn't. I honestly, when I first saw it, it, his his and Ricky's encounter is brutal. Yeah, like I was like, is really Ricky brutal. dead? Yeah, no. Like I I honestly, it was brutal. I sometimes forget that Ricky survives this film and yeah. uh, this movie. I don't want to sound fucking pretentious. This fucking movie. Uh, yeah, I, I will occasionally, depending on what state of mind I'm in when I'm watching it, uh, yeah. I will forget whether or not Ricky lives. And I, every single, and it's because every single time I watch him, I'm like, good God, it's he brutal. beat the shit out of him. I've had the shit kicked out of me. He is the sh- ever-loving shit kicked out of him. Yeah, like slaps him, hits him multiple times. It's, it's Beats crazy. him in the face. Like, yeah. Definitely, yeah. He, he, he's he out, does a fucking number on he him. He wants to kill him. Um, oh, yeah, he says, it can't be you, it can't be. That's what it is. That's the, yeah. that's the read. Cause it's, but it is a really good line. No, it's good. Like I said, we, were go, we went from super ham boy, uh, sorry, super ham acting and loving that because that's great for this. It's a super campy movie. You yeah. should be hamming it up. But then he just throws in this really great, like Shakespearean ass read of this line, yeah. <laughs> and it's fucking good. It is good. Like it if I was, good. if I would have seen that in any of the like, um, like prestige horror or whatever yeah. ones that we talk about a lot, uh, I would be like, yes, good line read for this, and it also works here. I don't know. I just like pointing out good actor performances, even though it's I'm good. not an actor anymore. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, so the police finally show up. Um, <laughs> well, there, there had been the cop earlier and Mel was like, oh, oh yeah, right. no, Kenny drowned. And Kenny is supposedly a strong swimmer. Well, I guess what I mean is like, we've got like squad. Yeah, no, like, no, we got squad cops. cars. We got, we got qu- cops on cops on cops. Yeah. So Paul finds Angela. Let's go swimming. What <laughs> about our... to go skinny dipping. Well, he's like, what about our clothes? Take them off. Super excited, horny teen boy. Okay. Ooh, um... And then I'm like, at this point, I'm like, she's totes going to kill him. Like, she he's a goner. Gonna... He's a goner. So everyone's, like, out searching for missing people. Um, we, we find out that Ricky is alive. Right. Um, and then two of the counselors, or maybe not counselors, but Susie and Ronnie. Ronnie, who helps Mel run the camp, yeah. Right. That's right. Um, find Angela and Paul. They're naked. Paul is laying in Angela's lap. Angela is kind of like humming, um, and then mm-hmm. we get this. We get this. Um, ins- Another flashback. Yeah. We get this insane flashback. Yeah. Um, this child has a bandage on their head. Right. Um, and fully bandaged. Fully all bandaged. Yeah. Like like looks like yeah. Just got out of the Someone hospital. Like they're in more. treatment. Yeah. Um, uh, and. Uh, we see our Stepford auntie again. Mm-hmm. Um, Stepford auntie says she's always wanted a little girl, and Angela would be nice. And so Angela, Angela, yes, Angela. Oh my God! That's so good. So Peter, Angela's brother, is renamed Angela. Yup. Oh boy. Oh boy. Okay. Big so, old reveal. Big old reveal. Like, I was just like, I had to pause it. I was like, what? Um, <laughs> because, yeah, you don't know. You don't know which child dies in the beginning. Um, she's always wanted a little girl, though, so she gets her little girl. Oh, God. Okay. We flash back to the present. Paul's head falls off, you know, as, yeah. as it should, I guess. I don't know, as it does. And Angela springs up in the most terrifying stance they could have possibly done, revealing... Oh, yeah. That she's a boy. And someone, yeah, I think it's Ronnie's like, my God, she's a boy. She's a boy. Um, 
And that's pretty much the end of the movie. We we just see Angela is hissing and uh, uh, like a demon possessed sort of stance, knife, freaky like fangs looking. The the scene is all red and there's this big swell and there's horns and it's kind of great. And then it it goes then it goes to green and then we get the credits. Yep, that's it. That's it. And then that's the movie. So I'll I'll dive I'll dive right in just by saying like. My thoughts on this movie, I, just overall, I frankly was just kind of like, what? what? Like, I was like, what? Because this was your first time seeing it. So, like, yes. let's be clear. Like, I've seen this movie probably ten times. This is your first time watching this. Yes. Um, personally, I kind of would, for most of it, was like, okay, like, what, uh, like, why, like, why did you ask me to watch this? I was getting texted and you were so pissed at me. I was just like, what is, I was like, what is this until the last, like, two to five minutes of the film? I was, uh, until then I was just like, this is Wet Hot American Summer, but, like, not fun. With stabbing. With stabbing. And, like, yes, the shots were cool of, like, the deaths or whatever, but Mm -hmm. I just was kind of like, all right, until the end. Then I was just like, okay, I get it now. But that's just me being honest. That's fair. No. About how I feel uh, about the movie. No, I thought it was a dumbass. I, I felt the same way the first time I watched it. I remember like probably but 10 years ago or something like that. I watched the thing and just like... I do realize it's supposed to be. Holy shit, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do realize it's kind of supposed to be. So I also thought that the kids might be ghosts like haunting the camp. Like that's certainly like... <laughs> I, I was like, are they real? Are they not? like? Well, I just... I had a moment of like, of like, did they both die? And now they're just back... Right. Like haunting the camp. Like Yeah, it, are Ricky and Angela, do they have physical extension or are they like some sort of ghoul or ghost or something like that? I could But then I guess I it didn't really that, I guess it didn't really make sense though because Ricky is not the brother. It's the cousin. Yeah, because Peter was the brother. Peter was the brother, but I don't know, maybe I thought Angela because she wasn't speaking or whatever was right. at least a ghost. Not mm-hmm. necessarily Ricky, I guess, because he had been there before. Right. Um, but I definitely kind of had that thought, that like baby thought of like, yeah. are they just haunting this place? But no, that's not true. Anyway, so you wanted to discuss anthologies? So I just wanted to give a little bit of background on this movie and sort of put it in context. Uh, people talk about it as being a cult classic, which mm-hmm. is the case. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of cult classics from this era, and the reason why is because they couldn't. A lot of them didn't make money on the first go, uh, which is what usually defines a cult classic: is that it, you know it doesn't work super great in theaters, but the people who love it fucking love it and buy the reel and show it at midnight movies or whatever, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Rocky Horror was like this. Of course, um, yeah. A couple of different, uh, like Dawn of the De- No. Day of the Dead mm-hmm. it was like this one of the uh, one of the later Romero ones. Right. Actually, they, it's the one they just showed in Stranger Things. Oh, cool! Um, it's a super weird installment of the franchise, but it has become like a cult classic that people show all the time for midnight movies. Yeah. Anyway, so the reason that a lot of these didn't uh, succeed at the box office, box office is because they had money behind them, but they just didn't know how to market horror films the correct way yet, and they were also kind of trying to do what is the predecessor to the Marvel Cinematic Universe now, mm-hmm. uh, which is to say that they wanted to do anthologies. Um, so Halloween was st- the producer. So this is not director decisions. This is all studio producer decisions, right? Uh, sometimes not telling the directors uh, and writers that that's what they want from yeah. the property that they come up with. Um, but because of the way cinema and film, yada, 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 all worked back then, um, 
you had these movies that were set to be the first installment and they would come on with either a big name or a no name but put a bunch of money behind it put some you know up and coming actors in it or well known actors in it one or two like older well known actors and mm-hmm. things like that um, and then they would say okay well this is Sleepaway Camp 1 and then Sleepaway Camp 2 is going to be completely different Sleepaway Camp 3 completely different like have no connection to each other and Halloween's like this because the studio's like John Carpenter only really wanted to make one he ended up making two at the time he's made three now I guess but um, the whole idea was that he was going to just do Halloween and that was it it's a tight contained story with a little bit of a nice open ending um, it's also why like a lot of the later Halloween films make no fucking sense because they ditched the anthology idea Hmm. And just went along as like, well, no, there's a through line now, but no, it was supposed to be anthologies, right? It was supposed to just be like, here's a film set in this universe. Here's a film set in this universe. Got it. Um, <clears throat> so How many then, sleepaway camps are there? There have been a few different iterations. So mm-hmm. there, uh, there are sleepaway, sleepaway camp one, two, and three. Uh, there was a Redux that was done in like 2004. There's another one that the original director was working on in like 08 that I think got released a couple years ago that I haven't seen. Okay. Um, Robert Hiltzik is the the director. And he had like, he had never seen any of the other Sleepaway Camps and he didn't know that there were like these fan films and things like that that had been made of it. All right. Uh, and he was like, oh shit, y'all really like this, huh? Like he had no idea how much people love this movie. Really? He just made it and was like, I'm out. Bye. What? What? Hey, so, sorry, I can't hear. I'm at the fucking door. Sorry, no, no, no. I gotta, I gotta get coffee. I'm sorry. I'm like, I gotta go get some cigarettes. I gotta sort. I'll see you later. Like that sort of thing, right? Like he is halfway out the door by the time he finishes the film. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, he just like I, I have never known a director to be like, I don't know. I'm fucking done. Bye. I'm out. Uh, wow. Like when I direct things, I sit there and obsess over them. Um, I guess like, it's just like, a I difference hit, in process. I don't, hit, I don't know. I don't hit like render. And then go, well, fuck it. I'm done. I'm out. Bye. Good night. See ya. Uh, nah, it's like. <laughs> Maybe he's been too far to your side, the dark side. And he's like, he's like, I have to be the opposite. Or he just like hung out with my dad a lot and was like, oh, that's a great idea. Let me just fucking make this thing and bounce. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good dad And come joke. back in 20 years and later and be like, oh, fun. yeah, I'm going to take credit for this now. <laughs> oh, God. That was good. I'll give you props for that dad joke, and I don't mean, like, the fun, lighthearted, not funny jokes that dads tell. I mean, like, our dad jokes. Yeah, um, <laughs> props for insulting our pops. Anyway, so, yeah, like, the the legacy of this film really kind of went in a totally different direction. Um, like, they bring Angela back in later iterations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's a couple characters who did die who were brought back. Um, and, like, it's a, like, gets swept under the rug and things like that. Um, but basically, yeah, so <clears throat> the idea of running a film as uh, running a series of films as an anthology was the case for uh, like a lot of these. And again, that's like what Romero did with the of the Dead series. Like Dawn mm-hmm. of the Dead has no connection to Day of the Dead, really, other than they're all kind of set in the universe where right. the zombie apocalypse has happened. I've got you. Um, so like mm-hmm. none of those films really connect to each other plot wise. And I think that's what everybody else was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, like all these studio heads were like, Ooh, I want that. Or like they were trying to do like um like like this has been done before. This was this is not yeah. a new idea. Like this was um like the Dracula films with uh uh Christopher Lee were like mm-hmm. this. And you could argue that like yeah, you know, Hitchcock or uh, uh Vincent Price are all set in the same universe too and people love to do this. It's maybe it's probably not as robust as say 
Joss Whedon being having all of his movies be connected or and TV shows and all that be connected or like the Pixar theories and things like that. But it's a it's an idea that like okay, we're just going to sort of say this is the rules of the universe and each film we make is going to have the same name but not follow the same characters necessarily. Where Sleepaway Camp and Halloween uh, both fucked up in the franchises was starting that way and having the first and second films be that way and then having the third through whatever like just go back and say that we're plotted now right it's it feels Confusing. a little bit like uh, like lost remember yeah How they're like yeah we've got it all planned out we've got this we've got this or hey more, let's make a more recent uh uh reference game of thrones when they said, yeah, we got uh, this, guys. Yeah. Totally got this, totally planned. Nope. 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 The, uh, Off the rails. Yeah. <clears throat> Oy. Uh, it's the, the, anyway, it's, I guess it's the inverse of that, where they didn't have it planned, and then or they had a plan, and they went away from the plan, and they sort of retconned that they never had that plan. Yeah. Yes. So that's that's the sort of, like, it's it doesn't have a ton of bearing on the movie, but it's cool to No, it's, that's cool. And I would to, love to see to more of that, yeah. like. Yeah. I would love to see more of that here in the uh, future. I would love to see more. Um, I wouldn't call any like the James Wan movies like a, a, like a, a member of an anthology series. Paranormal Activity, I guess, sort of falls into that, but like it doesn't. It one, they're not good. Two, uh, it's yeah, it, they don't really go into the same thing. The only anthologies we get these days are like shorts. Like we watched, um, you and I watched uh, XX. And yes. Did you yes. watch VHS with me? No, I okay. didn't watch. That it's with you. fine. Um, yeah. The second ones a little better but that anyway it's just it's a, it's a series of shorts which is again not quite the same idea because they're not set in the same universe they're just well it, it, it's tough to explain uh anyway it's an interesting idea it's something i would like to see actually pursued and done well again in the future um mm-hmm. hit me up i'm available <laughs> so uh let's talk a little bit about like slasher films and cinematography and stuff cool i already kind of talked about like you know some of the shots that i i mean Blurred i loved the deaths shirts. I loved I loved the murders in this in this yeah, film. Yeah, they're really really well filmed. Um, I guess Hiltzik really kind of just like did this, dropped it, walked away, all like we said, and um, then came back and did the uh, he did like a 2004 sequel, Return to Sleepaway Camp, which I think didn't come out until like a few years after that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, in between there were three others that were anthologies or sort of sequels or sort of not, but they're not canon. Like the only canon ones are. The one from '83 and the one from '04 or '08, whatever you want whatever to clock it, released, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there was Sleepaway, Sleepaway Camp Two, just Unhappy Campers, great subtitle. Uh, Sleepaway Camp Three, Teenage Wasteland, great subtitle. And then yeah. Sleepaway Camp Four, The Survivor, shit subtitle. <laughs> yeah, I like Teenage um, Wasteland. <clears throat> anyway, so yeah, we went to talk a little bit, uh, a little like uh, a little cinematography. Little uh, yeah. four times. Yeah, I mean, I already, I already kind of said that I loved the shots um, of the murders. The murders were like, the murders were dope. They're really well this, done. Yeah. In this film, um, it's weird because Hiltzik was like not a prolific director. I know he went to Tisch. Mm. Uh, he has two credits to his name on the IMDb, which is what I like to call IMDb. IMDb? Yeah, no, that, that. Sorry, yes, <clears throat> little, uh, little different pronunciation. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, he literally just did the first one and the quote-unquote official sequel from, like, 15 years ago. The cinematographers, you know, I couldn't find a lot about them when I was looking it up, but uh, Mm -hmm. Benjamin Walsh and, uh, or sorry, Benjamin Davis and David Walsh 
uh, fantastic job on that. They just have a really good eye for this. It seems like them and Hiltzik probably worked pretty closely together. Uh, these this movie for one of the big reasons that this movie is super important is because of the shot work in it. Yeah. Um, before this, you had had. Everybody, I mean, everybody is always trying to, at least as far as I know and as far as I, what I do, a lot of us are still trying to copy Hitchcock. Because mm-hmm. uh, Hitchcock was the most interesting, a horrible person, true bastard of our time. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I guess a few decades before ours, but still. Um, I grew up watching his movies. My granddad uh, and I would sit there and watch Rear Window all the way through, finish it, rewind the tape, and watch it again. Mm-hmm. Love that movie. It's one of my absolute favorites of all time, his two. And a lot of horror nerds really love Psycho, Vertigo, uh, like I said, Rear Window, uh, North by Northwest, Rope, all of these movies. Um, all influenced anybody who works on behind the camera in horror. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point, and like because it was because Hitchcock was so innovative yeah. with the way he used the the camera. Uh, there's this film he did called The Wrong Man with I think it's Henry Fonda, uh, and there's this insane shot that he built like a tiny Ferris wheel for to get it. <laughs> it's a zoom shot that like spins around. I think I know what you're talking about. I think I've yeah, seen this it's, in like a class or something yeah, and they've shown yeah. it yeah it's a big one and even though I didn't go to film school like it was, it was something I just like watched on my own and then like I watched a little behind the scenes and like devouring things you know I'm not to mention Tarantino for a second time in the podcast or to sound pretentious but like my film school was like watching movies and watching commentary of course it's you know, a huge, it was like yeah it's a huge part of any um, class you take is immersing yourself in it so yeah, yeah. I just mm-hmm. wasn't paying for it <laughs> I had like a blockbuster card how good uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, rest in peace R.I.P. Blockbuster. So, anyway, so the these shots definitely do mimic. Mimic's the wrong word. These these shots reference Hitchcock, just like Carpenter shots reference Hitchcock. Inspired by Carpenter had his own style, and I think Hiltzik, if we if he had made more movies, if I, I would be able to say more, but it seems like he's got his own style too. Like they do. I am reminded a lot of Halloween in this movie, but mm-hmm. I'm reminded a lot of Psycho in Halloween, and I'm reminded a lot of, you, you know, it, it, it goes back. Like you, want, you look back, you look back, you look back. But Carpenter brought something new to the shot. He brought the shaky camera to it. It felt like you were actually the person following Yes, Laurie Strode, as opposed to uh, a camera following the person her, following her. Yes, you know? yes, yes. Um, that's what he brought to it. This does the same thing. It's a really great POV. And it's these POV shots that you were not used to at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but they super heighten the tension. I think you get like a couple... Like they, they, it is a very like traditional horror shot, but each one feels a little bit different. I agree. Um, I, that was the one... Even though I, I said that overall, like until the last like five minutes, I wasn't in into this movie. Yeah. I like I liked it enough to finish it, obviously, but I wasn't like... I'm all in, I'm invested, yeah. all this stuff. But I still I still just like I still thought the shots were really interesting and really mm-hmm. well done. It could especially considering when it came out. Yeah, and like there's two things that bring me back to this movie again and again. There's a reason I've seen it in almost twenty times. It's I love the camp of it. Uh yeah. I, I really, really do. I think it's super fun. It totally it's more fun to me than like I'm gonna get fucking crucified for saying this i like this movie more than friday the 13th uh i enjoy friday the 13th it's fun it's just 
not as fun as this. This is a really fun, weird movie. Like I said, Wet Hot American Summer. Yeah, it's exactly that. It's a you know, but seventeen years earlier, and like Mm -hmm. it, it just really broke the mold on. It didn't break the mold on it. It's 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 just traditional camp. But like that was a this was a time when we were starting to take the late the seventies and the eighties is like when horror sort of diverged itself. Mm -hmm. Um, For every Carpenter uh, with Halloween and the Thing, or you know Scott really Scott with Alien and. Later on, you've got, uh, I would argue, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, those sorts of movies, you know, they're, they're very serious. They're very tonal. Like, they're very dark. Uh, and they're great. And they, But they ask to be taken seriously. At the same time, for all, each one of those that you have, you've got Sam Raimi. You've got Robert Hiltzik. You've mm-hmm. got uh, Who the Fuck Directed, uh, Maniac. Um, and then you've got, like, Wes Craven coming in. So you have like this sort of divergence of the movie couldn't be serious and silly at the same time. Right. Uh, and a lot of the movies that are silly are not super well done. I'm going to leave Nightmare on Elm Street out of that because it's a really, really well shot film because Wes Craven is just a really, really good director mm-hmm. uh, and a very smart director. But a lot of times you didn't have super cool shots when you had a really dopey, campy movie. And like I, the ones that you know are the ones that are actually that actually do have some cinema, like cinema to what the fuck is that word see I didn't go to film school cinematographical if that's even the <laughs> word um, got real good shots at them yeah uh, but I do were, appreciate if, if you the ever go through and like movie. dig through like really really campy 80s movies they're shot like shit um, right this one is like the pinnacle to me like as much as I love Sam Raimi and Evil Dead um, this one there's something about the way it's shot that's really 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 works like the we actually skipped the real opening shot uh, the real opening scene in this movie, which is just a pan for like five minutes while the opening credits play. That's right. Over its fall, because it says, oh, it, like, it's, it's camp, so it's going to be summer. We know that's going to be summer because it's camp. Well, it actually starts in fall, and it really sets a tone for this movie in a it takes cool, its time cool way. To, yeah, yeah, it really, it yeah. spends five minutes of its 120, not, uh, not even 120 minutes, 80, like 80 minute runtime. It spends five minutes of that just panning and i think it's fucking great with all these yeah. like, the little sound design and it's great too with the kids like you can hear little snippets of like hey yo hey billy blah, blah, blah. and like you can hear all this in the background it's just panning across this like something bad's about to fucking happen so something yeah. did happen and we're about to watch it go down and i love that i think there's a lot of really great intentionality here so like we can talk about some of the, the really cool shots in this mostly it's the pov shots that i think are fucking incredible most of the, and it's every murder scene is really good you know the interstitials are whatever i think they're throwaways they're not like I'm never impressed by. I think there's only one or two moments that actually stood out to me as like, "Hey, good filmmaking," uh, when it's not a murder scene. Uh, and one of those ones that I can think of is when they find Paul and Judy making mm, out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really, really great, tight, claustrophobic shot. Uh, that, That's right. Yeah, you get lost for a second, which is super cool. Yeah. Um, it's the woods are an easy place You're to get bring lost. Bring me back, in, but yeah, <laughs> um, it's easy to get lost in those sorts of shots but it's done in a way that feels organic it's not the village where the village is just not it's just sloppy shooting it's not good camera work Mm -hmm. and so the way you feel lost when you're watching uh, Bryce Dallas Howard run through the woods is a way that you're lost because you can't see straight yeah because there's the blur the trees are shot wrong this one's shot from a bunch of different angles so that you don't have a real sense of where you're going and then you're together 
Yeah. Uh, like oh, the, the the characters together. That's the, that's one of the only ones that I really like that stood out to me outside of the murders. But um, I absolutely love the filming of Billy's death. Not just because it's really well constructed. Mm-hmm. It's a good campy horror movie death from the eighties. It feels yeah. very like Final Destination in a way. Totally. Or totally. it does feel a little bit like Wes Craven too. Like it's got that little bit like shit eating grin on its face. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it's just like yeah. Yeah, we killed a dude with fucking bees. It's good fun. Yeah. (laughs) Good, clean, wholesome murder. Yes. Um, Yeah, I could see how you would go back to this movie. The, the, The camp of it all is contagious, and even though there are some gruesome murders in it, um, it is an easy watch. Yeah. Otherwise, um... And, and I mean included if you're uh, like like we love horror so yeah. like we you know we, we wouldn't we spend like, hours a week doing this yeah exactly so I, for a horror film it's like an easy watch it's not like mm-hmm. super it's not cerebral it's not like super heavy it's you know it, it's kind of like it's kind of like I, I've seen Clueless over 50 times but probably over over 200 times and that's because it's just my movie that I throw on at any like I can be in any mood mm-hmm. and just watch Clueless and it'll make me feel better it'll make me feel you know just content like it, it, it just yeah. makes me happy it's I don't a know. chicken soup type movie or like I, yeah. yes well not for us we don't really eat chicken at all anymore but you know it's, it's a like matzo a, ball soup it's a wonderful vegetarian <laughs> matzo, matzo ball, ball soup. soup you're right you're right <laughs> um okay so I I think now um is the time to talk about the big things in yeah. this movie. This is the stuff the two, to think about with this movie. And it, it is, yes. it's important to talk about. It's important. We would be... Uh, I think it would be wrong for us to omit this conversation. So I do want to say off top, uh-huh. just to... It needs saying, we are two cisgender people who are about to explore a topic of transphobia and... Uh, we are not trying to explain any... Or, or talk about anybody else's experience with this. We're not trying to... S- speak for anybody else i am going to cite several people in my life that i know or have known who are trans uh and their opinions on this yes because that's better than mine here uh i'm yes i'm going to give a few of my own thoughts when it comes to this but i am mostly going to be citing other people's opinion and not in a it's cool because my friend told me it was. Right. But to make sure the voice is being heard because they're not in the room right now. Yes. So I just wanted to be clear about that up top. We're here to approach a tough topic as best as we can. Yeah. Um, and I, I I, will say that I, I, I researched a lot about this. Mm-hmm. I read multiple articles um, that people have written from many uh, walks of life and everything. So I've... I've tried to do my homework as best as I could on this. Mm -hmm. Um, That being said, I think we should tackle, because there are two things that this film is accused of being, homophobic and transphobic. Let's talk about homophobic first. Yeah. I'm going to be completely honest and say that I thought... When I, my first impressions of um, the homosexual scene mm-hmm. or scenes, there might be two. Are there two? One? Two? There's just the one. and then The flashback? The, yeah. And then there's the, I mean, there's a lot of talk about, there's talking down about queerness in this movie. And there's yes, one there's moment Judy of queer representation. Ta- right. There's Judy talking, like, you know, making fun of 
um, Angela saying, like, I'm what, sure. are you queer? And, you and I'm know. sure one of the older boys calls, like, Ricky or one of his friends a faggot or something like I'm that. I'm sure. I'm sure that word is thrown around. Um, I don't remember it specifically, but I would, I'm, you know, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, so, but as far as their father being queer, I kind of, I kind of thought that scene was beautiful. I, like them, them li- lying together. I, I didn't see it as being like, because I think a lot of people saw it as um, projecting that like, if you're queer, bad things happen to you or you're punished for it. Um, yeah, and it's... then some people were um, felt badly about the kids giggling, but I honestly kind of took that as like it's you know it's their father uh, being you know intimate with someone. I think that right. I think that any I think that kids would giggle the same about their their mother and father doing it or mm-hmm. be like ew gross. Like I certainly yeah. could see that happening whether it's um, heterosexual or homosexual. Um, but that that was just my first impression was that I maybe because I thought the cinematography was beautiful, I thought of it as a positive thing. I yeah, don't know. I didn't. Yeah, the flashback scenes are shot really well. I love that like black backdrop that they've got. It kind of looked like it was in a like a cheap black box. Like I was watching yeah, like high school did. theater, but <clears throat> I um, kind of so dug it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fantastic. It, it, I really enjoy it. I think it's a good way to put dream space that's not campy. Not, yeah. Or the, not can't be the wrong word. That's not over the top or like looks like shit or right. it's gonna age poorly. Like it ages really well because it's not anything and that's great. It's yeah. smart. Um here's what I want to say about that scene. And here's something that like if the criticism is that they're giggling and that that's homophobia, that's trash. Here's the re- here's I think your best tack for coming at this movie from that angle. Um it's something i've talked about with some of the other some other like film nerd horror nerd friends um it's not that being gay gets makes bad things happen to you or kids you killed it's you're not you're not being punished for being gay it's that it psychologically fucks up your kids okay so this is a big big argument back then or like argument against homosexuality or like having two parents is that like it will psychologically scar children because it's so sinful right so the idea idea is that like Angela is the way she is not because she's trans mm. but because she's been sexually... quote unquote like corrupted or whatever and it's as it, yeah like those like people use that word so some friends and I were talking about this um I guess it must have been back in undergrad maybe it was in grad school something like that but we were talking about reinterpreting this movie as like a queer positive narrative and there is yeah. kind of a way to do it. It's not perfect, but it's horror, so it's never going to be. Yeah. Um, it's it's a genre that you kind of have to take. The suspension of disbelief is just that much higher. Um, yes. But so the way we can reinterpret this is not that uh, her dad uh, is is like secretly having an affair with a man, and that fucks her up forever. Uh, I I don't know I I didn't I didn't interpret it as an affair ever. I interpreted it as maybe um, 
the parents are, I mean, because we never see a mother, we see auntie. We just yes. assume that a mother is there. Um, I don't know. There's no mention of her, so she might be dead. She That's what I'm around. saying. Like, yeah. like she, they might have gotten a divorce. Um, they, yeah. she might be dead for all we know. We, mm-hmm. there, there is no mention of her. So I honestly thought that it was. Um, I thought it was not an affair. Uh, and I think that contributes to why I thought that it was just like a beautiful thing because these kids weren't they, I I didn't think that they were giggling to like ridicule because I do not believe in any yeah. part of my soul that children are born thinking that homosexuality is wrong. No, it's it's so yeah, that's that's sort of the that's sort of the thing. So it's not that it's sex. It's it's not that it's gay sex, it's that it's sex. Yes, um, exactly. The that scene I just I don't know. I don't, I, I just kind of wish it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Um, not because I think it's particularly homophobic, just because I don't think it's necessary to the movie. It doesn't explain anything, and it just adds more complication. Like, I, I understand I, that you yeah. know, you know that I tend to be, I tend to err on the side of like, if it doesn't move things forward, or and I don't just mean plot. I could tell us something about narrative. the character. Yeah. It doesn't tell us mm-hmm. something about the movie. Yeah, um, yeah. Or what? It, like, if it, if it doesn't to add it. to it, mm-hmm. then it's taking away. Right. Uh, this scene doesn't add anything except. The bad kind of questions. Right. We talked about this in Midsummer, where like the only things, the only kind of questions I have are the bad kind of questions of like, why the fuck is this here? What the fuck kind of sense does this make? And by the way, I just, I did just see the uh, director's cut last week, and it's worse. (laughs) It made the film, it made the movie so much worse, and it's so much longer. Um, Yeah. Anyway, I guess I get what you're saying is that is that it doesn't um, explain anything. No. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't really have a place being there like without that scene the movie still stands yeah you don't Um, need it and it doesn't make any sense i'm happy to have more queer representation in movies but this was one where even though it's a really pretty shot and i uh don't like it doesn't yeah it it only brings up negative questions i think that's the best way to put it it. because there's the the really weird scene to me is the one Uh that comes right after that is the implied like the kids sexually experimenting with each other yeah because that's a thing that happens like um a uh, friend of mine does child psych and like that's a thing that you learn about in child psych apparently is that yeah. you uh kids like siblings experiment on each other not on not in like a, a gross like abusive way but in like a i don't know what it's that a, does it's but a I genuine saw them put curiosity that yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a genuine curiosity yeah, it's just being a kid and exploring the world but it, it demonizes both of those acts yeah maybe I don't. I don't think that the scene is homophobic. I don't think it means anything. Like kids giggling doesn't mean it's homophobic. Yeah. I, I certainly wasn't insulted by it. Uh, yeah, I don't it, see it as overtly homophobic. It doesn't say anything. Like it, it, in the, yeah. in the, the mere fact that it says nothing. Like the best you can do is read into it and say, okay, well. And that just that must her be why feelings about sexuality is what sends her on a rampage, which has been done before. But that's a stretch. It's a real fucking stretch to call that scene that because there's not enough context. It doesn't. It doesn't t- tie it in in any way. Well, and that also like it explains why there is so much debate around this movie. It's because it just raises questions. It's not overtly. Um, homophobic, but it's also not not homo. Like you can interpret it in any in any way. Yeah. And and like we said, it it just raises like negative questions. So it kind of would be better if it wasn't there at all, mm-hmm. minus the um, argument of queer representation. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. If, that, if that's all it was, and that's all it was, and okay, great, great, thank you, cool, thanks, thanks. thanks. Yeah. Um, thanks, but, Bobby. <laughs> but I think that's why people are split. 
I think yeah. that's that's because it's the way that you interpret it. Um, and again, not trying to explain anybody's story here. Um, no, but I'm also I'm gonna call the the homophobic narrative bullshit. Like it's it's extremely less homophobic than every other movie ever. It's less yeah. homophobic than Friends. Like, yeah, this and movie, Sex in the City. As a sort of gay dude, yeah. Um, I'm like, I, I have no problems with this. It's just like, okay, yeah, you called her queer. Like, they throw the word faggot around. I'm like, I don't care, dude. I, I That just doesn't... I know it bothers some people. I know it can be a heavy trigger for some people, but that doesn't mean that it's homophobic. It just means that it's triggering, if that checks out. Right, right? yeah. Uh, it doesn't have anything bad to say about gay people. It doesn't... About any sort of... Any sort of queer person except maybe trans people. And that's the heavier charge, and that's the one we should really talk about. Yes. Okay, so... Is this movie transphobic? <sighs> See, okay, i i gave this I gave this quite a bit of thought, and again, did did some mm-hmm. did some research. Um, and the only positive spin that I can I think it's triggering. Yeah. For trans people, I think it's very triggering. It the the sentence can be, yes. the sentence she's a boy mm-hmm. is horrifying. Yeah. For someone. Uh, from from the people that I have spoken to, yep. from the people that I have read, you know, the authors of these articles that I've um, read, that is a horrifying sentence to hear. Yes. Um, very triggering. Um, the only positive narrative that I can think of um, that is, like, trans positive is it being a cautionary tale that misgendering someone is indeed violence. Um, right. And... It, like the like the aunt um misgendering yeah it's like a weird reverse version of that too. yeah yeah to um, like the fullest extent to mm-hmm. like forcing some, because we don't we don't know oh, i guess we're informed angela's feelings about it in in my mind makes is what makes her like lash out and um and that and that's what i mean by misgendering someone is a true act of violence against right. them yeah um, and that is what makes Angela lash out, um, which was the only kind of uh, pro-trans narrative I could come up with was a cautionary sure. tale, like don't fucking misgender I people. I like that. You know, like yeah. so that was kind of, and that's me being optimistic though. I don't know if, again, it just raises negative questions. I, I don't know. That's the only positive narrative I could come up with, and yeah. I was kind of scrounging for it. So. I'll jump in then. Um, definitely have had like a lot of conversations with friends who are trans and friends who are genderqueer and mm-hmm. uh, non-binary, et cetera, et cetera. Um, not to say that that again, just to reiterate, that does not. We're not trying to be entirety. my trans. I have trans friends, yeah, so I'm not we're trying not trying to, trying to throw be it like on that card or whatever. But I am saying that at least this is what I've heard personally from friends who uh, fall into those categories and also are huge, huge, huge fans of horror. Um, they tend to the the friends that I have talked to um, have a varying set of opinions, but they tend to range from I don't see it as an I don't really see it as transphobic to it is, but like it's not importantly so. Right. And I think that's my argument. My I think my argument for it falls my opinion and my argument for it falls the same as it does for the homophobic argument. Um, I don't think that anything about this character being trans is relevant to the narrative mm-hmm. um i think it's a big ass you know it's it's a tired trope 
even at the, even at this point, it was a fairly it was not a new idea that like, uh oh, the characters are different gendered than we thought they were, and so that's they're a trickster. That I get, but Angel is not seen as tricky. Angel is not played as that, and all of those things. Um, so it does subvert. It doesn't subvert the trope, but it uh, it avoids some of the usual pitfalls of it. Uh huh. Um, I also it, yeah. There's nothing about the character being trans that that says to me uh, that explains any more about the movie. So here's here's the way I think about it. Um, one, the character clearly had a bad brain injury. Right, you get hit in the head with a boat motor. You got brain trauma. Yes. That explains, and I think so, a lot of people gloss over that. Yeah, and that, that's exactly what I want to get at. Yeah. I think that a lot of the things that are the, a lot of the uh, the I don't want to say accusations sound because that sounds dramatic and like I'm trying to be dismissive. I'm not. I think these are legitimate complaints. I just think that they're that they don't have a lot of they don't hold a lot of water. Mm-hmm. So like I mean, to, to be clear, my my background's philosophy, and this is what I do good. <laughs> right. Um, is trying to analyze this shit. Like that's why I feel comfortable talking in this way it's that right. i i've looked at I, I i look at this and i do what i do best which is analyze it pick it apart put it back together when i do that the real charge to level against the film is not that it's it doesn't it doesn't advance the narrative of trans people and therein is transphobic yeah but in the lightest sense where in the same way that it doesn't advance the narrative of uh, yeah, I it don't... doesn't enhance the narrative, narrative of other queer people, but represents them in a way that could be malignable, and so it's homophobic. But again, in the lightest way, um, right? It's and it does that, and I think this is the way that it's allowed to get out of it to a degree. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Everybody's welcome to disagree. This is just this is my takes on movies and how they work. Um, it's part of the exploitation genre. Yeah. Um, which I personally am a huge fucking fan of. I fucking love exploitation movies. Mm. Uh, I definitely grew up on a lot of them. Um, they were a big, big part of my like f- movie diet growing up. Yeah. Um, and to this day. Um, exploitation movies are regressive for the sake... In the name of, pro- of progress. Mm-hmm. Um, like That's kind of the point of them. That's the argument that a lot of people make for it and that I tend to agree with. Is that exploitation movies have to be regressive mm-hmm. to get the tone and everything they need and to say what they need to say right um it's it's a weird and perhaps outdated but this movie was it was it was in vogue at the time because it's 83 so it's not like this movie was like yeah throwing back it's not like tarantino doing exploitation now where it's like okay dude we get it come on or like um as much as I did love this movie when it came out, and as much as I hate the person who made it now, uh, Pootie Tang. Mm-hmm. Um, solid exploitation movie, questionable in like, should this have been this person? Is it, yada, yada, yada. I mean, that's a whole different conversation, but I'm just trying to get at the like, this was an exploitation movie made during the exploitation era. Uh, yes. And so I think that to throw a lens from 35 odd years later onto it uh doesn't treat the movie on fair footing that's not to say that ethics certain ethical codes never change over time and it is always wrong to be uh horrible to uh queer folk trans folk etc mm-hmm. um it is wrong to be wrong to any oppressed minority 
Right. That that is very clear. That is a hard and fast rule. Correct. There's never a there's never an appropriate time to have done those things. Putting this movie in its own time lets it speak for its time, and we can critique the beliefs mm-hmm. and say that they are wrong, and know that they were as wrong then as they are now. Yeah. But looking at the narrative and seeing what it's doing mm-hmm. is, I in that in that context, I think is more important. I don't want to be like, oh well, I said a ra- I don't I don't want to be the guy who's saying like, oh, I said a racist thing, but you didn't hear the context. Like, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. It's not the, that's not what I'm trying to get at. What I'm trying to get at is viewing art in its own time. Right. And viewing it as a product of its time. And viewing it as a lens, viewing it through the lens of its time. And you're more than welcome to look back. And I think that's not a wrong thing to do. I'm not saying that you can't do that and that that's not useful in critiquing and understanding art. Mm-hmm. And there may come a day when I finally just say, no, enough is enough. This movie's bad. It's not good enough to override the, uh, or like, I mean, I may, I may change my opinion about that. I may, and, eventually hate this movie for those reasons at this time i don't i do want to say like anybody who doesn't like this movie i'm not trying to say they ought to i'm not trying to say that this is like i'm not going to die on a hill this is not the hill i die on like this is not the one that i'm going to like defend to the death um but i think while i would agree yeah that it is transphobic i think that that's not the pushing that's not the, the stronger narrative and the other thing i would want to say about horror movies is that like they're if especially with like a slasher movie, right? The main character has to be a monster. Mm-hmm. There are only equally or less interesting versions of this monster, right? Yeah. This is so you can't do Halloween. You can't just do, you know, guy in a mask. Halloween just did it right. three years before. Says white man is boring. It Generally speaking, yeah. And there are ways to make it interesting, but like what... We did, uh, Freddy Krueger is a child molesting janitor who gets murdered in yes. a fire. Uh, Michael Myers, you know, but it's, so like we can, uh, let's leave him out of it because he's an outlier. Let's, we can look at some other villains and say like, okay, well, these say bad things about this community too. Some of which I'm also a part of like, uh, Michael Myers, psychotic, mm-hmm. dangerous, manic, psychotic. Do so I think that really like hurts the narrative of people with mental health issues like myself? A bit, but not seriously. Like the draw, I have to look at like whether the drawbacks versus is mm-hmm. this character does, does that even is that even a relevant plot point? It's a throwaway line. It's a throwaway explanation. And I think this is a throwaway use of a trans character. I don't applaud that. I don't think it's. I think it's lazy. Yeah. I, like it's it's lazy. That's what it is. And that's I think my that's my that's what pisses me off more. And like they're trans, but it, it's just it's a fucking u- lazy use of that. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not innovative. It's not. It doesn't explain anything. Again, it's like it's it's back to that. It's yeah. there to be there. Well, when I think of thinking about um, um, the fact that the brain injury mm-hmm. could have easily explained, um, yeah, Angela being a murderer just as easily as being trans um, does, then that kind of that that levels the playing field in a certain way because yeah. I'm like I'm. I, I do I do still think that because it does nothing nice for trans mm-hmm. people, it is transphobic yeah. in a sense. Um, Absolutely. But throwing that spin on it at least makes it a little better. I mean, I still think it's yeah. super... I think it's unbelievably like triggering to um, people to show... Um, 
this character is char- female. This character is like, a female, like, and then is revealed to be male with like a dangly or, penis and tons of blood all over them and throwing their boyfriend's head across the and lake. and all of a sudden they're made into a monster one yes. you know like like the imagery into a monster, the, yeah. the imagery of it is not good yeah it's not good that at the very moment that the clothes came off and mm-hmm. this reveal is made then we get the hissing mm-hmm. we get the face we the get fangs. the fangs we get the horrifying like um shots we get we get yeah. all that stuff in the same time that the reveal is made and i think that that is not a good look it's fucking lazy um, yeah it's, it's not a good look uh so is this movie transphobic yes i but i do still think it is worth watching yeah. um i yeah it commits a sin but it's not damned Yes, and um, again, that's that's my call, but it's not. It's also not my call. Like, you make up your own mind, but it, that's what it goes to. Yes, I think that's it. That that covers sleepaway that camp. That covers sleepaway camp. Wow. Um, I definitely recommend this movie. I think it's so fucking fun. If you've never seen it, uh, we only kind of spoil everything, but like, it's give it so a fun give it watch. a shot. And if um, I am I am always up to uh, listen to other people's experiences with movies, especially one like this that is mm-hmm. that is controversial. So if you have something to say, feel free to let us know. Um, you you can find us at Horror Babes Podcast on Instagram. And at Horror Babes Pop on Twitter, where you can tell me, uh, much like my students used to, how much of an idiot I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, we would love to hear your thoughts on this. We are both open-minded people who are open to hearing other people's experiences with certain movies, especially controversial ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also find me uh, on Twitter uh, and Instagram at Tofaloaf. That's T O P H. L-O-A-P-H. I will stop spelling that one day, but for now, gotta. Yeah. And I, luckily we have the same Twitter and Instagram handles. Um, Super easy that way. Yes. Uh, so I can be found at Nicole Lee Hood. That's N-I-C-O-L-E-L-E-I-G-H-H-O-O-D on both platforms. And we'll be back soon to talk more horror. Bye, Bye babes. babes. Bye, babes.